0: Our second scripture lesson comes to us this day from 1 Kings, the third chapter, beginning with verse 4. This is the second week of our LinkedIn learning on prayer, and this is Solomon's prayer from 1 Kings. King Solomon went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the principal high place. Solomon offered and used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father, David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Although I am a little child, I do not know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this, and God said to Solomon, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself, long life, or riches, or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor in your life. No other king shall compare to you. If you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your life." Then Solomon awoke. It had been a dream. And he came to Jerusalem where he stood before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and Solomon offered up burnt offerings and the offerings of well-being and provided a feast for all of his servants. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. There is a saying often attributed to the Talmud. That's a loose translation of Micah 6, and it reads like this. Do not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief. Do justly now, and love mercy now, and walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work but neither are you free to abandon it. While we reel from the massacres in Lewiston, Maine, and remain horrified by the mass slaughter in Gaza, and the subsequent eruption of war, As we stagger at the ongoing devastation in Ukraine and are undone by the unending hate of black and brown citizens, Asian citizens, and LGBTQ plus folks, it's hard not to find ourselves lying in a heap of hopelessness. Do not be daunted by the world's grief. Do justice now and love mercy now and walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work but neither are you free to abandon it. This is where Solomon meets us. Daunted by his grief undone by how young he is, a teenager, felled by the crushing responsibilities that are now on his shoulders, he's completely overwhelmed by his inexperience, totally engulfed by his inadequacy to rule a kingdom with all of its complications and battles and intrigue and difficulties. Feeling his own inability at the face of such responsibility, he does what he knows to do, what he's been taught to do, what is in his blood to do, he prays. And he goes to a high place to pray. And God answers him. What can I give you, Solomon? How can I help you, Solomon? Ask. I have to imagine that when a son is raised by a psalmist, the psalmist, the son's prayers are going to be set to song. Can you hear the song in Solomon's prayer? King David, psalmist, his father. I can hear some melody there. Oh Lord, my God, I am only a little child. I don't know how to go out or come in. And believe me, this would sound much better in the Hebrew. I need your generous love. Please, please, please give me a wise and listening heart so I can lead your people with discernment and care. A wise and listening heart, not glory, Not money, not a long life, not triumph in battle, just wisdom and understanding. A prayer for wisdom and understanding on a day like this. That's beautiful. But here's the thing about praying for wisdom. When we pray, God, grant me wisdom. There's no abracadabra, no taking a wand and make something magically happen. There's no hocus pocus. We are not mysteriously gifted with wisdom when we pray for it. We are instead gifted by God with endless experiences that will teach us to be wise. Solomon would need to learn the experiences of wisdom over and over and over again. And if you read all of 1st and 2nd Kings, he makes some very stupid mistakes. And so do we. Praying for wisdom, praying, Lord God, Help me this day to live a wise life of faith, to be wise for my family and in my work. It doesn't necessarily mean that in our prayer, there's a sudden change of our personality and that lightning bolts give us insight that's dramatically bestowed. This is no movie, no. God answers our prayers with countless opportunities to dig deep and to make mistakes and to learn the ropes of wisdom over and over and over again. Rats! When I came home after my first semester of college, my father took me aside and said that he had something important to tell me. Laurie, he said, he always called me Laurie. Laurie, I want you to remember that your grandparents have more wisdom in the tip of their little finger than you and I will ever have. What? What do you mean? And he repeated, Laurie, I want you to remember that your grandparents have more wisdom in the tip of their little finger than we will ever have. He said, Not one of your grandparents or any family before them have ever had a chance to attend college. It was beyond their wildest dreams. Their education came from what work they could find, when they could find it. And because of that, they have more wisdom than you and I will ever have in the tip of their little finger. Do you understand that coming home from college is nothing to boast about? When you remember that it is because of them that you are able to reach for the stars. I was silent. Here I was triumphantly getting off my plane from Boston Logan Airport going to my dream school in a city that i had read about when i was four years old in the book johnny tremaine and decided that when i got a chance to move i would go to boston i found the perfect perfect school but when i came home that semester With a lot of kindness in his eyes and not in any way trying to shame me, my dad looked at me when saying this and smiled. It is because of them that you can reach for the stars. I burst down into tears. He burst out into tears. And I understood his message like I can feel it today. It was powerful. And I never looked at my grandparents the same way again. I never looked at my father or my mother the same way again. I never looked at myself. Because in that day, I really knew what I had been handed. And I was deeply appreciative. And so the lessons of wisdom (laughs) had begun. As we enter these weeks with a focus on prayer, in the Hebrew scriptures, there are so many reminders of what we've been handed. Our heritage. God comes to us in our prayers, sometimes in sleep, sometimes wide awake, we come from generations of church folk who sing to us their prayers and teach us their words of faith and through hard-won life experience they have more wisdom in the tip of their finger and they choose to pass it on and have passed it on to us. Reinhold Niebuhr gave us this poem Sorry, Reinhold Niebuhr gave us this prayer, and actually he gave it to the world. God, give me the wisdom and the grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed. Courage to change the things which should be changed and the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other. Soren Kierkegaard says in his prayer, The wise function of prayer, O God, is not to influence you, but rather to change our nature. Thank you for changing us as we pray. But maybe, maybe it's Anne Weems, our Presbyterian Poet Laureate, who takes our hand today as we pray for wisdom. And within the enormity of the world's grief and violence, Ann Weems wrote this prayer poem on Ash Wednesday, 2003, right as US forces were pre- preparing to evade, invade Iraq. And she titled this poem, In Wisdom, I No Longer Pray for Peace. She says, she prays, On the edge of war, one foot already in, I no longer pray for peace. I pray for miracles. I pray that stone hearts will turn to tenderheartedness, and evil intentions will turn to mercifulness, and that the whole world will be so astounded that we will fall on our knees. I pray that all who have this God-talk will take bones and stand up and shed its cloak of faithlessness and walk again in powerful truth. And I pray that the whole world might sit down and share together the bread and the wine. Some say there is no hope, but then I've always applauded holy fools who never seem to give up the scandalousness of our faith, that we are loved by a God, that we can truly love one another. I no longer pray for peace. I pray for miracles. Today, as we gather once again in a world bent on destroying itself, let us lean, lean in fast to the scandal of our faith. That in the midst of our lives, in just a short period of time, Angela and Christopher will come forward and dare to baptize through the Holy Spirit and make promises we will to Lucy that new members dare to join us with the words, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and that we in turn make promises to care for them, even when we walk into the unknown. And like Solomon, in the face of what daunts and terrifies us, we boldly pray for wisdom and understanding. Lord, help us to discern between good and evil. Please, 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 please help us. Thanks be to God.